Hello and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. My name is Greg Tupper. My co-host for the evening, uh, he's he's a, a, a man of, of class, a man of dignity, and a man with a microphone in his office, be in front of a Taj Boy jersey. We're joined by Andrew Josiatz. Well, thank you, Greg. Hello. Hi. Happy to be here. Thank are you, you for... Are you impressed that I pulled Taj Boyd out of my, uh, as a non-Clemson I, fan? <laughs> I am. I am very impressed, actually, because a lot of people look at that jersey and think, uh, is that supposed to say Deshaun Watson? I'm like, no, 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 no. It's Taj Boyd. That's supposed so, to say Taj that's, Boyd. That's old school. Um, this is the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla Rotary District 5810. We do thank you for spending a little bit of your evening with day, evening. We're recording it in the evening. That's why I said evening. Um, uh, we are guestless today. Um, for yeah, I know. We just we decided to 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 roll guestless. We we figured that that everybody would just want a snoot full of us more, which is not true, mm-hmm. but uh perhaps. But I did want to bring this up to you because you mentioned to me in confidence before we started recording, uh that yes. you had double stacked Ryla meetings, that you are getting off of a Ryla meeting now going into the Ryla cast. Is that correct? That it, that is correct, that is correct, oh. and you were doing high level executive stuff there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you to break um the you know what I presume is is disclosure um concerns. I don't want I don't want you to 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 do that. But my question for you is because you mentioned uh, again in confidence to me <laughs> that um that you were you were okay double stacking it because you could have like a Ryla week. And then like a non Ryla week, you could have like a little break from, from having meetings. Is that correct? That, that that's correct. Yes. That's, that's what I told you in confidence. Yes. Yes. So my question for you is mm-hmm. when you were in college, did you ever try to get like uh weird with your scheduling and try to make it so like you could have like a day, like a day off or something? Oh, oh, 100%. Yeah. I, uh, that's a great question. I was never able to get like a day off, Mm -hmm. but I finally got weird. Like my junior or senior year where like you're starting at nine or whatever and done by one 30 or two, at least, Mm -hmm. at least one or two days a week. Yes. Um, uh, did you, uh, yeah, I, I always, I always, tried to do um I, I always tried to do something weird especially at the beginning where i'd be like what if i just made it so all my there was a semester i tried to make it where all my classes were done by like noon so just like i would go from like eight to noon straight right every day okay um and then there were other times where i would be like i'm only gonna do monday wednesday friday you know what i mean like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. do. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you know two days off of a, a, a day or a week rather. Um, you know I'm only gonna do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Or I would have it where I was like, oh, I'm gonna try to get it so that I don't have any classes on Friday. I am here to tell you that doesn't work. That it just it's it's it's, it's my experience with it was that it was a lot of effort to make really your life a little bit more miserable. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. And like, I, I don't know about you, it, it helped me to be routine based. So mm-hmm. if I had an afternoon that I didn't have any classes scheduled, I went into panic mode because mm-hmm. I, it felt like a time that I should be in class. Yes, that is absolutely true. Um, there was also that where like you would like you would you would wake up and have like the panic on Friday. And be like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. Um, and that was not worth it for me. So um, for all you all you kids in college who are who are thinking about that, just play it straight. Just put together a nice, evenly even balanced schedule. I promise you it's going to be it's 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 better in the end. I've I've paid the price for it. I tried to get cute on a number of semester schedules. <laughs> Um, and so. and spoiler spoiler alert. So I I double stacked this week to in theory free up next week. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did was just free up next week for potentially more Rila meetings. So that's that's how that works out. If if you in college are wondering, oh, I can't wait till after college then to try mm-hmm. to do this, free up my schedule. No, you just no. things take up your time. Yes, forever. Just- don't don't get cute. I promise. It's just not worth it. Um, this is the Ryla Cassie official podcast, Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. We do thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. I've got the I've got the the big segment uh today. And uh and, and Josie, I want to ask you if you are from I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a name and I'm gonna ask you if you know who this person is. And if you don't, I want you to answer confidently and just like make up a, a entirely fictional background backstory for him okay 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 Okay. hey hey josie do you know who bruce tuckman is oh my gosh bruce tuckman bruce yeah bruce bruce is the guy who uh invented those like the alcohol soaked pads for for acne Mm -hmm. um do you ever use those Tuckman pads i think is what they call them (laughs) yeah i definitely used those at a a time in my life um no in fact bruce the, 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 you know that's a that's a great guess um and and that's how it's is gonna it, that is it though yeah I, what i would like to do i would like that to be a, a recurring theme on this podcast is like if we don't okay. know something we just like make a guess at it like aggressively and confidently make a guess at it um and so <laughs> let me tell you about bruce tuckman bruce tuckman because i was uh doing some reading this week uh he was he's uh, died in 2016 at the age of uh 77 so he lived a long life but bruce tuckman was a uh was a, a psychological researcher and he worked at princeton and worked in a, a number number of different different places and i had never i'd never heard of this before um there's something called tuckman's stages of group development tuckman okay. stages of group development and there's there's definitely people who have been through like uh corporate um like leadership training or things like that that are like nodding their head be like oh yeah I, I read i did a seminar on this or something uh i found this to be particularly interesting because the more i read about it the more it all just like alarm bells started going off in my brain about how um about how relevant it is to uh to our program so this is a um so so the uh tuckman's it's also known as tuckman's ladder Okay, or the Tuckman ladder, okay. whatever you want to call it, T U C C K M A M, and what it aims to do is it is a a a model of group development, wherein it it kind of charts the stages that groups go in as they work as a team. Okay, 
And I think that it's important to uh, to know where you are on this on this journey. Whenever you're in in some sort of leadership role or in just a team building role, uh, where you are. Uh, but then, the thing that struck me was that as I was reading through this, I was saying, "Oh my gosh, this is so." This is exactly what we go through uh, in 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 not only in my kind of career and, and working with teams, but also like with camp. This is going to be people who are just like screaming at the uh, at the at the podcast vendor saying, "What in the heck?" So there's a life cycle. Okay, we're talking about the life cycle of a team. There's five stages. Okay, okay? the first stage, and and okay, I'll just read them all, and then it's gonna like I'll kind of go through it. They, there's a bit to it that doesn't quite work for me, but we'll you'll you'll catch on to it. It's forming, storming, norming, performing, and adjourning. It the okay. The, we we almost got there. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a popular "What are you doing?" Uh, Wheel of Fortune puzzle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What are you doing? Yeah. It, it, it's like it's kind of rhymes. It's it's kind of like I'd rather somebody rhyme. I'd rather somebody do this where it doesn't quite rhyme than like, for example, rhyming a word with the same word. That drives me nuts in music. Like, <laughs> if you rhyme that with that, we're just not friends. Anyway. Um. Okay. Step one is forming. Okay. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Okay. Team members becoming acquainted with one another and learning about the roles in the groups and their individual tasks. Everything is uncertain. There's uncertainty, nervousness, curiosity, and enthusiasm. Okay, you're nodding. Okay, we're I can nodding, ringing some bells. Yeah. Number two, and this is when if you're doing it on a chart, it kind of dips a little bit. Uh, number two is storming. Team members are beginning to know one another better and are starting to have conflicts. This is a normal part of group work as everyone has different ideas about goals and processes. This includes frustration, conflict, and competition. Uh-huh. Also known as uh, round robin day. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, we're getting there. Number three, norming. This one kind of, I don't know. <laughs> Team members begin to understand and accept one another's differences. Conflict becomes healthy. Everyone starts working together towards common goals, cooperation, supportiveness, and problem solving. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm locking in. Yeah. And then four, performing. Trust is high. Conflict is minimal. Communication is open. And everyone has started working toward his or her specific task. It's a good time for brainstorming new ideas. Now that everything is running smoothly, this is when you find creativity, innovation, and delivery. Okay. And finally, number five, adjourning. Again, we we needed to workshop the, the last part. We kind of filled Peter yep. out toward the end. This is when... Uh, team members begin to focus on their own goals rather than the team goals. They start thinking about how working with a particular group helped them develop certain skills, reflection, accomplishment, and disbanding. Josie, somebody wrote a book about camp in the 60s. <laughs> that is oddly specific. Oh my gosh. I kept reading, like, I kept reading on. I was like, Whoa, this is like, how did you do this? Um, but I do think that that is like, that does feel like a normal life cycle of a group. Um, you know, with, with, you know, types of things where we're all, there's a feeling out process. And then after we get done feeling out like uh, the, the, the group, then we're like, 
oh, I don't know if I like everything about this group, and I think there's going to be some problems. You solve the problems, you kind of get to peak efficiency, and then you break up and you say, what did we learn here? Um, if that's not exactly what camp is, I'm not real sure what you're looking for. Uh, <laughs> but that was that was a shocking thing. And I also think, I don't know, from for me, as reading this as, as somebody who works in management and works with teams a lot, I do think it's important to understand where you are in the life cycle of your team, that if you are in a down spot, it's it's okay. Maybe you're just in the step two process of of that life cycle. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that things aren't working well. They may be working exactly as they should be. Uh, but it's important. I think it's important to be cognizant and aware of where you are or should be in the um, in the in the life cycle there on on uh, Tuckman's ladder, so to speak, the Tuckman ladder. Um, anyway, I read that and uh, like just shot back in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, rightfully so no that's incredible um i did do a quick google search bruce tuckman rotary mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah but uh but haven't been able to really find a a tie-in there um you know maybe that says more about me than anybody else that you know maybe in the 60s um we were trying to develop uh camp Ryla as it stands as it started mm-hmm. in 1991 but anyway i digress um that is fascinating the the yeah. stages of group de- development it's almost like we've kind of plotted this thing out and and everything has <laughs> happens kind of for a reason but anyway there you have it uh tuckman ladder if uh, the, the tuckman ladder model or uh it's uh it's uh tuckman uh, developmental sequence in small groups is is another thing you can read up or tuckman stages of group development i found that to be particularly interesting this week so as we mentioned no guests this week. So this is the part where um, we're both we're on Zoom so we can see one another. Uh, Josie and I are going to have a dance break right now. We're both dancing. Ooh. Josie, those are we're, those are those are fantastic moves. I wish everybody hey, could see this right back at you, man. Where this is no music. Did you just do the splits? That's incredible. <laughs> you know, I'm not as incredible as you spinning on your head. That man. was a real nice break dancing move. There's your dance break here on the Rylacast. Uh, and now here to close this out is my friend, your friend, America's friend, Andrew Josiaks. Well, thank you, Greg. America's friend. That's a that's a tall task to live up to. Uh, so since we're rolling guest list this week, I thought I'd throw a little curveball at you. Mm. Um, and it plays... Does that have anything to do know, with the fact that I'm watching the Rangers right now? Um, not the Rangers, okay. but uh, but maybe baseball. Okay. Um, and it and it ties well if we're going on the theme of how can we prepare as we best prepare and have our our themes tie in to each other. Um, I think this you know you spoke of a team small group development, and uh, and I'm going to speak to you about um, a man named Cornelius McGillicuddy. Uh, does that N- name? Nope. Uh, yeah, uh, Cornelius McGillicuddy uh, was uh, he was my sophomore year roommate at Missouri he's uh he was an Irishman uh and he uh he claimed to own a mm-hmm. leprechaun um I n- never saw it but uh old corny uh he was a good good dude uh, old corny old corny <laughs> well well maybe your roommate um corny was related to Connie Mack um world oh. uh, baseball hall of fame philadelphia athletics manager um and for those of you wondering how i came to this um this man 
I googled famous Rotarians because, after all, we are the uh, wow. the official podcast of Rotary District fifty eight ten, and and Connie Mack um, was a catcher in eighteen eighty six. Uh, played for about 10 years before he started his managerial stint. Um, and for the, for those of you um, listening, you know, you'll just have to play along with my little game here. Greg, do you know how long uh, Cornelius McGillicuddy managed the Philadelphia athletics? Um, Forever. Uh, I do know this. Forever. Like, I, yes. I'm a, I'm a base. I'm a baseball nut. He was like the manager for like, I'm not exaggerating, like 40 years uh 50 five zero okay yeah <laughs> like that is like his claim to fame is that he just managed forever and was also very good at it to be clear like i'm not you know not gonna but like yes that was yes. right it, yeah like like it wasn't like oh he's just the manager or you know he's cheap we're not really gonna pay anybody else no he he won he managed you know teams to five world series wins like double digit appearances uh penance mm -hmm. um and his success from what i can tell was basically every time that they tore down the team for whatever reason be it contract talks whatever uh he just built a better team as manager of the philadelphia athletics um and he just was very honest and frank with his team he he wasn't uh, a big you know yeller um and i thought some of his leadership styles you know whenever somebody is in a leadership position for that long, it, it turns some heads. Um, and I think for this, this was a good reason uh, just in terms of, he was always adapting to the next, the ne how, how to get his team. Um, and so another fun fact. So Cornelius McGillicuddy started baseball in 1886. You've got it. You, you uh, keep calling two, like this is one of those famous managers in baseball history. And you keep calling him Cornelius McGillicuddy, which is his Christian name. But like, <laughs> like, it's like Connie Mack. But yeah. like, come on, man. Like yeah. you gave up Cornelius McGillicuddy for Connie Mack. He's probably in the witness protection program or something. Yeah. So in 2017 was the first year without either Connie Mack or Vin Scully as part of Major League Baseball. The year that uh, Connie Mack stopped managing was Vin Scully's in 1950 was Vin Scully's first year on the call for the Dodgers. Mm. So we had um, over a hundred year stretch with, uh, with those folks in involved in baseball. Um, and a Rotarian to boot. Yeah. So how about that? How about that? Uh, Cause I think that you know, you talk about a guy who's like in the same position, like, like the same office for 50 years. Right. And like mm -hmm. right. running, let's be real. Like he's working with athletes. So like they've got egos and there's like, they're competitive. Right. I think that the only way you can do that is like you have to be able to adapt. Obviously you have your principles and you have like your non-negotiables, but Right. You have to be able to adapt to to situations because otherwise you're going to get run out of the barn and like people are going like people are going to be like oh well like word will get out that you don't want to play for 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 Connie Mack basically um, and I don't know that's a that's a remarkable I did not know I honestly did not know his name was Cornelius McGillicuddy that is. <laughs> that's that's incredible but i do know yeah his claim to fame is he, i know he he managed like legitimately like 7000 games or something like that 
Yeah, yeah. Um, would would you be interested in Connie Mack's um, code of conduct that he created following the 1916 season? Oh, in his strive to have his players become better people mm-hmm. as well as baseball players. Um, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna guess that like there's a there's minimum minimum there's one old timey rule, like okay. no moonshine or something. <laughs> Well, let, well let, let's get into it. So okay. I will always play the game to the best of my ability. You know, seems pretty, pretty standard. Love that. Love that. Um, I will always play to win. But if I lose, I will not look for an excuse to detract from my opponent's victory. Mm, I like that. You're not yeah, trying to respect your You're opponent. not trying to make excuses. You're just going to give credit where credit's due. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I will never take an unfair advantage in order to win. So don't cheat. Yep. Um, I will always abide. This might be the old timey. I will always abide by the rules of the game on the diamond as well as in my daily life. Um, I mean, that just be like, you're not, again, you're not going to cheat. You're not, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to, you know, commit crimes and stuff like that. Like, you know, you, it's a, a code of honor. Yeah. I, okay. That, yeah. That's not, that's not as specific as I was hoping. I was hoping it was going to be something like, uh, you won't, you won't be like a bootlegger. Yeah. I, we're not, we're not going to get, uh, we're not going to get the, the closest we'll get is I will do my utmost to keep myself clean physically, mm-hmm. mentally, and morally. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Mor- moral cleanliness was a big player in the nineteen in the early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the 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 rest there are all variations on a theme. Okay. Um, okay. Other way, you know, don't cheat, don't uh, don't gloat in victory or pity myself in defeat. Um, How did he feel about yeah, backflips? So you know, it doesn't say here, but. Um, Mac told his players to do what he thought best. So, and if you, you hit know, like a World like... Series winning home run, I think you need to launch the bat into the stands and moonwalk around the bases. It feels like pro bat flip. Yeah, I, I, it does feel. I agree. It, I think that we can read between the lines here, and I think he's he's pro pro bat flipping. That would be cool. That'd be cool. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Connie uh, Mac. C- Connie Mack, uh, lessons from uh, the one of the 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 probably got to be the longest tenured baseball manager, maybe manager of any sport, right? Yeah, I think I think he'd be at least in America. Tom Landry is probably the only one who would rival, right? Because like sixty to eighty eight, but even then, that's only like whatever twenty eight. Think about that. That's like half as long. <laughs> yeah, that is insane to think about in that context. Yeah. Fifty, oh, yeah. yeah. 50 years in the same job and managing baseball. That's, uh, that's pretty wild. That's a lot of wearing <laughs> baseball pants. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Josie, thanks for that. Thanks for that lesson, uh, from, uh, from, uh, the, uh, a manager who managed 7,000 plus games. Um, and yeah, that is going to do it for this year episode of the Rylecast. We appreciate you spending a little bit of your day uh, with us. We hope that you will uh, rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. Go to our website, ryla5810.org. Uh, there's all sorts of good stuff there. Um, and yeah, uh, here with an antiquated way of telling people about the Rylecast is Josie. And if this doesn't involve Connie Mack or something Connie Mack adjacent, I'm going to be real mad.
Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I've got my work cut out for me here. Uh, so antiquated way, you know, uh, rotary, you know, rotary dates back. Mm-hmm. Um, rotary was around in the early 1900s as Connie Mack was a Rotarian. And so an antiquated way of telling someone to listen to the Rylacast is to create a silent movie uh, mm. with you and cue cards, you know, and I want you to dress up in your favorite uh, athleisure equipment of choice um, and, and put up cue cards that say, listen to the Ryla cast and make sure it's on a loop because, you know, in today's day and age, every video has sound. So you might miss a couple people and they look up to see if, you know, something's skipping or not buffering appropriately, but you'll get them. Yeah. It does so the thing sure where it's like that silent movie. Yeah. Like you're talking and like you talk for like 10 seconds and it's just like, there's no sound. There's like piano music over the top of it. And then like a full screen, like black slate comes on. It's like, listen to the Rylocast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Make sure you loop that. Oh, we need to create a, We need to create that. Like that's, that's easily, we can do that. Like you and I, we just need to find some old timey clothes and we know video editors. We can make this happen. That is true. That is yes. true. Okay, uh, the video note. editor is in our life. We're going to be calling. Uh, thanks for listening to the Rylocast. Josie, thanks for your courage. Thanks, Greg. Talk to you next time on the Rylocast. <laughs>